Welcome to BPB Knows. Today, BPB Knows Research and Development Tax Credits. Our expert is Mark Leahy, an Associate Director of Tax Services and an expert on R&D tax credits and all types of salt matters. So Mark, tell us some misconceptions about R&D tax credits. Uh, great question, Lisa. I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there for big companies and small companies. But I think there's a, a few key, key ones we hear a lot in, in the industry. Um, I think one of them is the R&D credits only for big companies. You know, that's not true. Um, a lot of startups can really benefit and monetize their activities through an R&D tax credit. And sometimes they can even get that cash back through a payroll tax offset. Um, and that's so important to companies, startup companies, who are really cash sensitive and looking at their run rate. You know, another misconception is people equate the R&D tax credit with a vernacular definition of R&D. You don't need to be creating something um, revolutionary to qualify for the R&D tax credit in the United States. The credit does allow for evolutionary process change, product changes, um, so that those small incremental changes can definitely qualify. And a lot of companies see big credits because they're constantly improving their products, improving their process. And I, I would say another big one we hear is, well, I'm not profitable why should I be taking this credit? Um, and I think there's that misconception overall in tax is, you know, good tax planning doesn't start the year you're paying tax. So many times it's too late to take advantage of so many programs when you're already paying tax. So, uh, you know, a good steward of a company says, what are my tax assets now? What will they be in the future? What can I take in advantage of now? And so, for example, the R&D tax credit, it carries forward for 20 years. So I hope a company would say, yeah, maybe we're in a loss this year, but maybe in the next three, four years, we're going to be very profitable. How do I avoid tax now? Hmm. Right. Um, we hear that a lot from our clients, don't we? Talk to us a little bit more about incremental product changes. If you have some examples or um, some things that founders and CFOs aren't really thinking about that would make them eligible for these credits. Yeah, so incremental changes can really occur in a variety of things. Um, maybe let's take a food example. Um, so maybe a client has a, a seasonal food offering that adds coloring to um, a muffin or a Danish um, now, many times coloring is this cosmetic and that wouldn't qualify, but perhaps some incremental changes could be related to that dye. If maybe it changes the consistency of a batter or a frosting um, and there needs to be testing uh, on that. Um, or perhaps there's a new ingredient that they want to go organic. Uh, maybe going organic in that food, you know, frosting or batter changes the consistency and changes baking times or changes viscosities, um, could change shelf life. So all those types of activities that 
some people think are small changes or potentially even cosmetic changes, which wouldn't qualify for the R&D tax credit, actually does qualify because of the, those those inconsistencies or unknowns maybe that would happen in, in that change of the product. You know, um, oh, think about, yeah, think about, you know, we always tell clients, hey, what are you doing to make your product, you know, better? How are you making it faster? Um, you know, what, what are you doing to improve its quality? And that could be something on the line, you know, updating a machine, updating a process. Um, and, and as you said, we hear so many times from our clients, well, that's just what I do every day. That's great. We're really glad you do it every day, but let's monetize it. Let's get a credit for it and help the company. How do companies even know to ask, or is this the kind of thing that they never ask and their tax provider brings up to them? How does, how does that usually work? Yeah, I think my experience is sometimes they just don't know. Um, or they have that, as I said, that vernacular definition of R&D of, well, that's not things that I'm, you know, I'm not doing anything special. Um, and we, we always want to say, hey, let us help you out. Let us take a look. Um, I always like to tell clients, let's start with the art of the possible. Let's do a, a review. Um, let's look at what activities you're doing. And if you, you don't qualify, well, at least now you know. But if you do, you could be leaving money on, your on the table or potentially it's almost a competitive disadvantage for not looking at it because I guarantee you their competitors, our clients' competitors, are taking advantage of the tax credit. So let's do what we can to help our clients. And how do you go about as the person who does these studies, these analyses, how do you go about approaching this? It really starts with the conversation. Um, you know, it's best, you know, I want to know what clients are doing. And it's really as simple as tell me about your business. Tell me about the challenges you had last year. Tell me about the exciting things you did last year. I think it's hard sometimes for people to distinguish, well, this is what I do every day. But we all have experiences that really stick out. And usually those experiences are things they really liked doing or things they really, you know, didn't like doing, maybe gave them headaches, kept them, you know, gave them nightmares, kept them up at night. Um, those are the things that people really, really remember. And those, you know, those two polar opposites um really can lead to R&D activities, which companies can monetize, which we always like to see to help our clients. And who in the company is the person that you talk to? Is it the CFO? Is it the product development? Is it the, is it the founder or the executive? Where do you start your investigative work? Yeah, I always say yes to all. We always like to talk to everyone in part because, you know, engineers maybe people in new product development, those are low hang, hanging fruit, right? Of course, they're doing product development. Of course, they're doing R&D. But the IRS does allow something called support and supervisorial time to, to contribute to the R&D tax credit. So it could be, you know, a founder who's also, you know, um, working on new product development. 
Um, and that founder could be a CFO or CEO. Um, it could be someone maybe on a manufacturing line whose job or sole responsibility is to help build prototypes or help te test new processes. So really anyone in the company can qualify. It doesn't matter what your title is. It's really an activities-based test. You know, so we like to talk to as many people as we can, get a kind of a broad range of people and learn about people's activities. And then how do you how do you calculate or how do you give the, the company guidance? Yeah. I would say that's where the art and science of the R&D tax credit comes in. So the IRS does allow um, oral representation. You know, many times clients will say to us, well, we don't have time tracking. How do we, you know, you know, calculate this credit? Um, well, part of the, you know, that's why we're here to help. Um, so the IRS, as I mentioned, does allow oral representation. And so we talk to individuals, talk about how much time they're spending. Um, and at the end of the day, those individuals have a better understanding of what activities they're doing and how much time they're spending on them versus us. But we're there to help kind of quantify or bucket what activities qualify and what qual and what doesn't qualify. Um, and then, you know, there's also the typical accounting entries we look at besides individual's time. You look at supplies used and that's things consumed. So if I'm buying items to build a prototype or I'm taking things out of inventory to test a new process, those types of um, expenses can qualify. And then the IRS also allows um, third-party contractors so that's when a company maybe hires an expert to um, help them with some research. Um, those can qualify as well. Um, but I would say really at the end of the day, it all starts with a conversation about, hey, tell me about those activities. Tell me about the things that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So interesting that uh, people would leave money on the table because nobody wants to do that. So to our listeners, don't leave money on the table. We have experts here that can help you make sure that you get all of the tax credits that you are qualified for. Uh, thank you for joining us. And thank you, Mark, for explaining all of that to us. If uh, our listeners have questions or topics that they would like us to cover in future episodes, please contact us at bpbnos at bpbcpa.com. We will see you next time.